Welcome to episode 436 of the Perceptive Photographer Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Gregory. I hope you are having a wonderful week and a wonderful start to 2024. We are here, oh geez, going through almost two thirds of the way through January. I cannot believe how fast the new year has started out, but it is clicking along. If you have been up to our website, you can see that there are a couple of, po not podcasts, a couple of workshops that have been announced. My Advanced Meaningful Image Workshop. I've got a couple of online workshops, some things coming, a few more coming out. And I'll get that newsletter out here shortly about all of those classes. But if you head on up there, you can check out a few of those classes if you're so interested. I was recently out doing some bird photography. It's a little hobby. Let's call it a side hobby of mine where I like to get out and photograph the birds. And this time of year, we've got a particular area that is full of a lot of birds up there in the flyway for an area called the Skagit Valley. For those of you who are not familiar with this area, it's one of the main drainage systems that comes out of the North Cascades along with the Fraser River up in Canada. And out in the flats down there is where snow geese hang out and the raptors hang out and all sorts of ducks and all sorts of birds hang out down there. But anyway, it's a fun place to go if you're sort of interested in seeing birds, bird watching, photographing birds. And I like to go out and just sort of see what's going on out there and check things out. And on a recent trip, had sort of an interesting experience. And one of the sort of birds of choice for people up in this area is the short-eared owl. And we've got owls on short-eared owls on the island, but up on the Skagit Flats, there's a few areas where the short-eared owls live and are sort of known to fly. And what is amazing about those places is that you could be driving along on these back roads up there and not really see much of anything parked on the side of the road. And when you turn on a particular road, all of a sudden you will literally have 40 cars pulled over to the side of the road, 40 photographers, and probably a million dollars worth of camera equipment. I mean, it is crazy. There are multiple people out there. Some people have a two tripod set up, one with a 600 millimeter lens, one with a 400, an 800, a 400. Some people are carrying two cameras on their shoulders. Some people are just set up with one camera. But let's just say there's a lot of cameras out there and a lot of camera equipment. And because it is sort of the prime spot to photograph these short-eared owls, you know, it's where everybody stops. And so I was down there recently and had gotten in there a little bit earlier than before everybody had shown up. They don't tend to fly midday. They come out sort of later in the afternoon. So anyway, I got down there and I like to pick the middle area. They either fly on one end or fly on the other, but eventually they kind of cross the middle. So I figured rather than sit at one end and hope they show up down there, I kind of split the difference in the middle. And so I'm standing there on the side of the road and waiting for the owls to show up. And meanwhile, there's a lot of other birds flying around to photograph and hang out with. And slowly the group sort of builds up and more and more people show up, more and more bird watchers show up. So now you've got people who are out there with binoculars, you've got the camera people, so lots of people out there. And one of the things that I found sort of interesting about the experience is that everybody seemed to sort of have a different goal in mind when they were out there. And it was one of the things that I realized that as we approach our photography, so much of what we get in terms of the type of images, the quality of images, the likability of the images, and by likability, I don't mean like, does everybody else like it? But we like it. We like to take the photograph. We like to look at our own photographs. In that realm, there's a lot of sort of concepts that are at play and sort of how we respond to that. And one of the big things I noticed was that there are certain photographers who are clearly out there for the community of the people that are there. I'm not saying they're chatty, 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 but they're chatty. 
They talk to everybody. They talk about what they've seen, where they've been for that day, what time you think the owls are going to come out, how many you think they're going to be. And they sort of work their way up and down both sides of that little road talking to everybody. It's the community of being out there among fellow like-minded photographers. And I think for people like that, I think it's important that you recognize that at the core of your photography is that connection to other people that you get to make. And in this case, in person, that you're out there getting to talk about photographs and photography and the weather with people who share a common interest to you. And that probably part of the experience of whether or not you got good photos that day was whether or not you had a good experience talking to the people who were out there. Again, so much of how we respond to our photography is driven sort of by our emotional mental state. And so if you get out there and have a good experience with the community of people that are out there, you will end up having probably a better day of photography. You may not end up with the greatest images, and you may not end up with an image that you necessarily want to keep and put on the wall, but when you think back, you'll think, well, I had a really good day. You'll get home and you'll tell your partner or your friends or your coworkers the next day, like, oh, I went up, I was photographing the birds. I had a great day. You know, you'll show a couple of photographs that you liked, but in your memory, that'll be a great day because you connected strongly to that community. And I think that's probably one of the most important aspects of understanding what works in our photography is the part of our photography practice that fuels the energy for us to want to continue to do the photography practice. I know for me, printing is one of those things for me. Like I can be pretty grouchy about what I'm doing photographically, but I start printing or helping somebody print or make prints. I just feel like that was a pretty good day. Something actually happened. I actually made something. It is one of those things that I think allows me to feel more connected to my sense of self in the broader aspect of photography. And again, for some of those people, I think community was there. I think one of the other couple other things I noticed up there that I think were worth noting today in the podcast One is there was a sense of standards that some people had. And what I meant by that was they were looking for very specific things to happen in the photography. And you could hear, because not everybody's got cameras that are silent, you can hear how often and when and how fast they could shoot if you were standing next to them. And you would also hear them talking to their partner or mumbling to themselves about, oh, it didn't happen quite right, or that's not what I wanted, or they're looking for something very specific. And I remember there was kind of some cool interaction going on between two hawks that were sort of fighting over one little area. There must have been some food or something down there. And several of us said, oh, look, cool. There's a couple of hawks over there. And they were far enough off that you were kind of looking at them either just with a naked eye or through some binoculars. But that guy's like, nope, nope, I'm waiting for this to happen. His standard was so ingrained. The thing he wanted was so front of mind that he was unwilling to absorb and process anything else that was going on. Now, in the two and a half, three hours I was down there, I left and he was still standing there waiting for whatever that was to happen. And I know there's a huge element in photography, and I know there's a massive element in wildlife photography where you have to be pointed at the spot you want waiting for the thing to show up you want, with the light you want. And if you look away for a few seconds, you might miss it. I've had it happen to me. I've heard wildlife photographers talk about it. But I think there's also a point where we get so sort of myopic that we miss the experience of seeing what else is out there that allows us to recognize a slight difference. And the reason I bring this up is sometimes when we set up our photography, we put our tripod on the ground or we put our feet on the ground and then we don't move. Our 
we become so biopic in our focus of one thing, we fail to sort of see what else is around. And maybe there's a better perspective. Maybe there's a better point of view. Maybe there's a better place to put the camera. Maybe there's a better height for the camera up and down. Maybe we raise or lower our seat or maybe we raise or lower the tripod. But that sort of looking away at the rest of the world refreshes the brain a little bit so it can come back and make sure that when we're thinking about what we want and the standards for what we want, are we actually in the best position to achieve what we want? And I think that was one of the realizations I sort of had is that in my own work, sometimes I get so focused on an outcome that I miss the possibility of other outcomes that may or may not be more interesting because I've lost sight of things. I've lost the forest for the trees, so to speak. So I think that's an important element there. The other one I found absolutely fascinating and loved, and it was one of the things that I think really actually made my day better. There was a group of people out there, probably four or five different people out there, and their idealism and positivity for the day was, if the scale is one to 10, they were literally like a million. I mean, it was not partly cloudy, it was partly sunny. It wasn't that the wind chill was driving the temperatures into the teens or low 20s. It was, man, can you believe how crisp the air is today? I mean, they were positive. And what was amazing about that is, one, it was highly infectious. I mean, if they were standing by you or coming by or you were standing by them or you were an earshot of them, no matter how cold your feet got, you were like, it is a good day. This is a, it's not raining today. I mean, there was all sorts of little things that could kind of creep in. That sense of idealism also was really sort of interesting because it came out, and I remember one guy said something to the effect of, I'm going to get one of the greatest shots I've ever gotten today. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't know this person from you know anybody. I don't know anything about their photography. I don't know if they're world-renowned. I don't know if this is the first time they've ever picked up a camera. But they were out there to photograph those owls, as a lot of people were. And they went on ahead and decided that today was going to be the day. And then when the owls showed up, I heard more giggles, more laughs, more look at this, look at that. Oh, isn't that cool? Look at the way that happens. More excitement for being present and being in the moment for what might come about. So unlike the standards where it got so myopic on one end, this side, that positivity, that idealism for making great photographs, for making a great experience, for having a great day, for things are going to be awesome, was so easy to be around. And I think sometimes we forget that when we get out there and it's not what we expect, it is the failure of our ability to adapt to what's going on against our expectations that sets the negative tone for the day. If we can get out there and say, wow, no matter what happens today, it's going to be good. I stub my toe. That's all right. This happens. That's all right. This happens. That's all right. And we keep the positivity moving forward. Again, like that first person, that first woman who was out there for community, we come home with a good day. We come home with a great day behind the camera, not because we didn't meet our expectations, but because we were present to not having the expectations. We allowed the photography to be what it is, the amazing gift that lets us be in the world to see things, to be around people who may or may not be like-minded to us, but in my case, around very like-minded people in terms of, we all wanted to see owls. It didn't matter anything else except, oh, the owls showed up and we all watched the owls and we all photographed the owls. It's an amazing opportunity to recognize that power of photography 
when we stay engaged with the awesomeness that comes from being able to be behind the camera, because it truly is a privilege. It truly is a privilege to be able to cut a day out of my schedule to go photograph these things, to come back and look at them on a screen, to spend time talking about them, to record a podcast talking about it, to have that time, to have that be the thing that I do is really amazing. And that's not, not an idealism that's negative. It's ideal that I get to do that. And I think recognizing that is important and recognizing the privilege of that time, that energy, that community that was up there that was very sharing and open. Learned all about sticking things on my forehead to keep my forehead warm with uh, hand warmer packets. All sorts of crazy tips I'd never considered before. But lots of things come from being engaged where we hold on to being excited about what's happening rather than saddened by what's not happening. I hope you have a wonderful week behind the camera. Remember, if you're not a subscriber to the podcast and want to stay up to date with all of the latest episodes, make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to. Also, if you give a rating or review up there at Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you're listening to the podcast, that helps other people find the podcast. So if you find the podcast interesting and useful, hit that subscribe button and help other people find it. Again, this is Daniel Gregory, and you've listened to episode 463 of The Perceptive Photographer, and I will see you all next week.